What is wrong with Molinism? Is the Purpose Driven Life a good book? Are Seventh-day Adventist Christians? And what's wrong with the TV show The Chosen? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. Happy New Year from your friends at When We Understand the Text. For all of our videos, books, and more, visit our website at www.utt.com. And don't forget, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. Welcome back. Yay! You're on the. You missed the last program of I the year. I did. But it you're on the a, first program of the year. It was for a very good cause. Yes. So how was your trip? Uh, thankfully uneventful. Yeah, that that was the expectation. Yes. So. <laughs> so thank you all for your prayers. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So today we are doing the top 10 mm-hmm. what videos for 2022. Yes. Counting down the videos you watched the most last year. I have a feeling I'm going to be irritated. <laughs> <laughs> By some of the things that are covered in these videos. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you can find the full compilation, all ten videos in one. Oh. That's on our YouTube channel right now. That's right. If you go to youtube.com slash WWUTT subscribe. As of this recording, we're like a few dozen away from forty thousand subscribers. Wow. Spread the word. So please. get on there and subscribe so we can yes. get over that forty thousand subscriber barrier. <laughs> Whatever it is. We've been in like the upper 30s for a long time. Have we? And it just makes me wonder. I think YouTube's done something yeah. to prevent us coming up in searches. So I've started to change some things. Like I've activated comments. Mm-hmm. I'm adding hashtags yeah. to try to increase traffic a little bit more. Honestly, I think it's because of the marriage and abortion videos that I've done. Probably. YouTube has blacklisted me. Yeah, it happens. So we're not getting... So you got to spread the word. That's right. That's it's word of mouth. That's how we got popular on YouTube at all. Is because yes. people were just talking about the videos and sharing them on social media. Yep. So do that. Let your friends know about the great Bible teaching you can find through these videos and, of course, the podcast. Whatever podcast app you use, or if you use Spotify, mm-hmm. you can just type in WWUTT and you can find us there. That's right. Now, before we get into this list, I want to mention very quickly that uh, we have coming up February 2nd and 3rd right here in Lindale, Texas at First Baptist Church. We're doing the next G3 expository workshop. Mm-hmm. There are only a few slots left. Ooh. We're capping it at like 80, 88, somewhere in there. Somewhere in the 80s, we're capping it. Wow. So we only have a few spots left. That's a lot more than usual. Yeah, this this will be the most that we've ever had, at least at First Baptist Church in Lindale. Yeah. Now, what we do at the expository workshops is we teach you how to exposit scripture. Yep. Get the tools that you need to teach other people the Bible. This is just for men, uh, as has been asked before. I know Michelle Leslie asks every once in a while, do we have the thing set up for women yet? No. There is a plan to do that. Right. I don't know when that's going to... It won't be 2023. It will probably be... Mm -hmm. 2024. But right now it's just for men. We target pastors with this. Mm -hmm. But if you're a Sunday school teacher or you aspire to become a pastor or an elder, Mm -hmm. you might want to look into doing the G3 expository workshop. You're going to need to go to G3MIN.org 
click on their events page, and you'll see the expository workshop link. Just follow it and do what you need to do to register and get ready for this workshop that's coming up February 2nd and 3rd, where our special guest speaker is going to be... Mike Riccardi! Yes. he's gonna He's going to help us go through the book of 2 Corinthians together. So excited about that. <laughs> Becky's going to sneak in, she I'm going to try. Yep. <laughs> I got permission, <laughs> but not to the, the small groups. It was just to the main group. Right. Yeah. Just to, just to listen to Mike it's talk. It's good. It's yeah. good. I'll take it. <laughs> now, everything he's going to say, I've already heard him say. Uh-huh. I've already been through this workshop with him before. Yeah. So it's not going to be new to me, but you'll love it. I will. You'll enjoy it a lot. I'm and sure I will. So will anybody else who gets in on this workshop. We hope to have you here if you're able to make it. Again, you want to go to G3MIN, the letter G, the number three, MIN.org, mm-hmm. and follow uh, follow the, is it is that MIN.org? Yes. I typed in earlier, I typed in G3MIN.com, and it still got me to the same page. Oh, well, there so you go. So apparently you can do that either way, and it'll get you where you need to go. All right. Without further ado. Ah, drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. The top 10 videos of the year. If you're on our YouTube channel, then you've probably already seen this posted and you already know where all this is going. Mm. So to start things off, here was the number 10 most watched video for 2022. Molinism is a system of theology that attempts to reconcile divine sovereignty and human freedom. It was devised by Luis de Molina, a 16th century Jesuit priest, who said that prior to creating the world, God knew what we would do in any given circumstance. God created those circumstances and put people in them, knowing the decisions we would make so that his purposes are ultimately achieved through our free will actions. Molinist William Lane Craig wrote the following. By his middle knowledge, God knows all the various possible worlds which he could create and what every free creature would do in all the various circumstances of those possible worlds. For example, God knew that Peter, if he were to exist and be placed in certain circumstances, would deny Christ three times. So God created that world. Well, that sounds strange, doesn't it? In Craig's example, the only decision Peter can make is the one God knew Peter would make in the circumstances he put Peter in. In the Molinist universe, Peter does not have free will, and neither does God, for he cannot do what we won't do. God's will is determined by our will, even before we come into existence. That is just absurd. Acts 15.18 says, Known to God from eternity are all His works. And Acts 17.25 says, God is not served by human hands as though He needed anything. Molinism is a false doctrine named after the heretic who came up with it because he hated the doctrine of God's sovereign decree. The Bible says God knows the future because He has determined it. Isaiah 46.10 says that God has declared the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose, when we understand the text. Now, that video was actually done twice. Oh, yeah? That's the two-minute version. Ah. There was a 90-second version, so really the video had more views than... Yeah. Than the final count, because I did it two times. 
When I did the first version, I made a mention in there that God looks down the tunnel of time. I didn't say it exactly like that, but basically God looks into the future to see what actions Peter is going to do and then creates the world in which he's going to put Peter to do those actions. Okay. Well, there were some people that got mad at me for saying that because I'm making it sound like God is looking into the future where Molinism doesn't believe that. Molinism believes that God just has the knowledge of the future, Ah. not that he looks into the future as though to learn anything. Okay. So Leighton Flowers responded to that video, and he said, with all due respect, you really should do more research before posting videos like this, Gabe. It's a gross misrepresentation of what they actually teach. Looking through the corridors of time to learn. Really? That wasn't what Molinism teaches. My drawing that conclusion was from what Molinism teaches. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, this is the logical outcome Mm. of what you're saying God does. If he's creating a certain world to have certain events take place, well, he looked to see what this person was going to do. I I mean, he possesses the knowledge. Fine. But where does that knowledge come from? To look at something is is a phrase it's a, a figure of speech i mean it's not like he's physically looking god possesses the knowledge because he created it mm-hmm. he established the future he's created the future that's how he knows what's going to happen in the future right if you don't have an understanding of god like that then no matter how you try to argue it you're saying god learns what we're going to do or he looks into the future to see what we're going to do. Mm. doesn't matter whether you claim he possesses the knowledge of what we're going to do in the future. He either determined it or he had to learn what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just arguing logically here. And it, it's, it's really something for Leighton Flowers to say you're misrepresenting a particular view. When Flowers says of Calvinism that Calvinists say God is the author of sin. Calvinists don't say that. Yeah. But he'll say that's logically where Calvinism goes. Well, this is what I'm saying about Molinism. This is where Molinism goes. Anyway, since there were some people that were complaining about my saying that in the Molinism video, I went, fine, you want to play hardball? I'll play hardball. So I took the video down. Actually, all I did was I just unpublished it. It's still there. Mm -hmm. And if you had the link to that video, you can still watch the original one, the 90 second video. Yeah. So I kind of depublished that video. And then I made the two-minute video where I'm just straight up going to call Molina a heretic. (laughs) Fine. If that's the way you want to be, gloves are off. Let's do this. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a false system of doctrine and uh, was was really quite a popular thing in 2022 to be arguing about because Dr. White had that debate that he did Mm -hmm. with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they debated over Molinism. Okay. And then there was also the discussion that he had on Unbelievable with William Lane Craig. Mm. By the way, all the first, like, minute of that video is word for word what William Lane Craig has said about Molinism. So to say I didn't learn what Molinists believe, I quoted Craig almost verbatim on what Molinism is. All right. That was the number 10 most popular video of the year. Uh-huh. Are you frustrated yet? You're no, still doing okay? I'm still all, all right. right. You're still fine. Okay. So far. <laughs> this one was number nine. The Purpose Driven Life is one of the best-selling books ever. Rick Warren called it the anti-self-help book because of the opening line, It's Not About You. He then makes it all about you. 
The book is written as a 40-day spiritual journey answering the question, what on earth am I here for? He says that life is all about bringing glory to God. So far, so good. He encourages love, mercy, prayer, obedience, baptism, evangelism, and discipleship. But there is no clear message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. On day seven, Warren says to quietly whisper the prayer that will change your eternity. Jesus, I believe in you and I receive you. If you sincerely meant that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. This false conversion prayer has led to many false converts. In Mark 1.15, Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel. He told his disciples to preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But Warren never tells sinners to repent, nor does he warn of the judgment of God, which is the reason we need a savior. What good is Warren's purpose-driven life without the purpose of the gospel? Though the book contains many Bible references, they're often ripped out of context, chosen from just about every translation to make the Bible say what he wants. In the end, the purpose-driven life will lead a person into more error than truth. 2 Timothy 1.9 says that God has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus, when we understand the text. I remember going through that book. <laughs> that was a long, long, long time ago. Where yep. Back when I first was um, first was saved. It might have been shortly before I was saved. I don't remember. But I remember going through the book and thinking to myself, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, what is the purpose? <laughs> What's the purpose? I'm like, I still don't get it. Yeah. But, I mean, that's because it wasn't explained. The, the gospel wasn't there. Right. And so it didn't tell me. Yeah, there's no calling out your sin. No. There's no uh, warning of judgment. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, turn from your sin to the Lord Jesus Christ and live. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever heard Rick Warren say anything like that. I highly doubt it. Yeah, and it's not in that book. It, it, what I said at the very beginning, I, I mean, it was it was a real quick comment, but it's nonetheless true. He starts the book by saying it's not about you. The whole book is about you. Yeah, it is. He calls it the anti-self-help book. It's a self-help book. It is. Because even though I was still really confused, I felt better about myself. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I felt like I had a checklist that I can now do. Yeah. I was like, well, this is now something else I have to work my way out of because you you helped me a, a lot when we got married oh yeah i found all of your jesus calling books oh, and, uh, <laughs> tons tons of stuff and and you were so gentle and careful about walking me through that every single day yeah. because it was just it, i mean you cling to what you what tickles your ears you know right it's hard to get rid of that i guess well i knew it was going to take some time yeah uh, and i mean at the time that we met each other I wasn't doing any of this online stuff at all. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't, you know, me searching the stuff. Well, I I was doing a little bit because I had the blog. Right. And you were reading my blog. Oh, but yeah. I, I wasn't doing video. I didn't have a podcast, anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, now, here's a fun little bit of trivia. Oh, yeah? The music bed uh-huh. on that video that I just played. So when I was in radio, there was a pastor who came to the Christian radio station that I worked at, and they wanted to do an ad for the purpose-driven life, which they were teaching at their church. <laughs> that was the music on that ad. And, and so, as just kind of a wonderful bit of providence, I used... I re, oh, the I, irony. I redeemed that music bed. <laughs> it's, the, it's the exact same music bed. And I put it on that video. I knew when I made that video... You were smiling the whole time, I weren't was. you? <laughs> 
I could not wait until I got to the music part. <laughs> when do I get to add music to this thing? Because I know exactly uh, the music bed I want to I want to use. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things. That's right. The little pleasures. It was also earlier this year that, or or twenty twenty two rather, mm-hmm. but Rick Warren retired. Yes. We had the story yes. about him ordaining women pastors. That actually happened the year before. That was in 21. Mm-hmm. But then when he retired and he picked his successors, mm-hmm. it was a husband and wife team. Yeah. And the husband, Andy Wood, who's the senior pastor now at Saddleback Church in California, along with his wife, Stacy. So it's Andy and Stacy Wood. Anyway, Andy Wood has said that he sees the future of the SBC, including and in ordaining women pastors. Oh, wow. So this is their mission. It's what they want to see happen in the Southern Baptist Convention. And as you see the Southern Baptist Convention go, so does evangelicalism at large in America. Well, I mean, when you're thinking all about yourself, you've taken your, your focus off the Bible. Right. So, of course, you're going to go with whatever tickles your ears. Yep. So. And that's the purpose-driven life. Mm-hmm. The purpose of life is to glorify God mm-hmm. and enjoy him forever. Amen. There's your catechism. There you go. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. (sighs) All right, let's get to video number eight. Yeah. So we're counting down. We've had 10. We've had nine. Here is number eight. This was another one (laughs) that I'm still getting emails about. Are you really? Here we go. The Freemasons are a secret society, though they prefer to be known as the largest fraternity in the world. A local gathering is called a Masonic Lodge. With secret handshakes and rituals and high-profile members, the Masons have been the subject of many conspiracy theories. Freemasonry began as a guild of stonemasons and somehow went from stonecutters to strange cult. Their emblem is a compass and square, often with a G in the middle, said to stand for geometry or God. But most likely it's for the great architect of the universe, their universe name for God. To be a Mason, one must believe in a supreme being, and some lodges require belief in the Christian God. But this is not a Christian fraternity. Masons want members to ignore the exclusivity of Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can go to heaven by good works. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says we are saved by grace through faith and not our works. The Masons do not regard the Bible as the only inerrant word of God. It's just one of several volumes of sacred text, a moral guidebook equal to the Quran or Rig Veda. Masons do not regard man as sinful, just imperfect, able to improve himself through acts of charity and civic duty. Anyone is capable of achieving moral perfection. All of this is Antichrist. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. And 1 John 2.22 says, Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. A Christian should not pledge with the Freemasons when we understand the text. So you have the truth, but it's just a little off. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that's how Satan gets you. Yeah. Now, the angry emails that I'm getting following that Mm -hmm. video are from people saying, I don't know Freemasonry. Mm. I I don't know what I'm talking about. But they're still angry? Yeah, they're still upset at me. Why? For the way, because they're part of Freemason groups 
you know, their their own chapter of the Freemasons in their own community or whatever. Okay. And that chapter doesn't do all of the things that I just mentioned in that video. Oh, so they're autonomous? Yeah, there's kind of like, there is a certain autonomy to it. So every local chapter can kind of do whatever they want. Okay. Why not make a different group? I, that that would be my argument. Like, why can't you just break away from Freemasonry and have your own club, your own yeah. group that gets together and does what you want to do? It's called Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like Maybe I, I'm being a little harsh. I don't know. I get. And I've even met. I've met people who were in the Freemasons for decades. Right. And yeah, they were too. they were solid Christians. They yeah. even did Bible study together. They yeah. prayed together. I get that. I get that there are groups that will meet together like that. But, sure. But Freemasonry as a whole is deliberately yeah. syncretism. They try to receive all of these different religious ideas together. And if you really wanted to move up through Freemasonry, if you wanted to get you know into those higher echelons of the group, you uh-huh. would have to renounce the true biblical God. Again, why would, why would you join a group like that? Right. I don't know. Now, in the video originally, I said you cannot, a Christian cannot pledge with the Freemasons. Mm. The remake of the video now that's in the top 10 list Mm -hmm. is you should not pledge with the Freemasons. Yeah. I didn't want to quite bind the conscience as though to say that if a person pledges with the Freemasons, they've somehow surrendered their entrance into heaven. Right. Wasn't what I was trying to say. But it's still not good for Christians to be pledging with this organization that is deliberately opposed to the exclusivity of Christ. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, there are plenty of groups that are out there that that they kind of do the same thing. And but they're in churches. And I'm not going to name names, but there's some that are <laughs> um for mothers and that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head. I know head. which one you're talking about. Yeah. But they push a certain element and it's like saturated with that everything that they teach everything now your teachers will filter that and teach the truth right they'll they'll teach something biblical why why do that why just start your own program yeah just oh man i just don't don't get it well they want the license name like the name that everybody recognizes to to kind of draw people in right oh well i mean no but then what they do don't do that because then everybody's expecting that other Right. So what they do with the name is they'll draw people in, but then they don't want to give people the hard truth because they don't want it to drive them away. Right. It's the whole pragmatism approach to everything. It's the seeker sensitive thing. Yes. So we want to draw people in with this name or this recognition, but then we're not going to give them the hard truth. What you win them with is what you win them to. Yeah. And that's the same thing with this, right? With Freemasonry, yeah, not quite Pretty the much. same, but yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, it's, it's all exclusive or all inclusive, not exclusive. Yeah, you're still joining a group that is not recognizing Christ as the one true God. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, a Christian should not have anything to do with it. I agree. Yeah, just join another club or start something else. Freemasons are known for doing um, volunteering and doing the works. Right. Yeah. Like the Kiwanis Club or an Elk Club or something like that. Right. So, I mean, I kind of understand them being a little put off. But (laughs) when you know what it's about... Yeah. It's just, it's not even worth it. We're up to now the number seven video of the year. And I believe I played this one last week on the year in review. 
So you're going to hear this one two weeks in a row. All right. <laughs> but here's the number seven video of the year, and it had to do with a quote-unquote Christian film ah, that hit yes. theaters. You know where I'm going with this uh-huh. one, right? Okay, here we go. Redeeming Love is a historical romance by Francine Rivers, published in 91. Rivers says that when she became a Christian, she began to adapt true Bible stories into fictional romance. Redeeming Love is a retelling of Hosea set in the American Old West. In the Bible, God told Hosea, go take for yourself a wife of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he married a harlot named Gomer, who represented Israel's unfaithfulness. Hosea prophesied of the judgment of God, who is faithful to his promise though his people were not faithful to him. The only similarities Redeeming Love has to the Bible story are that the main character's last name is Hosea and he marries a prostitute. Gomer is replaced by Angel, a victim of sex abuse her whole life. Gomer and Israel were not victims. Angel catches the eye of Michael Hosea, who hears God tell him to marry her. After getting married, Angel runs away and goes back to prostitution, but Michael forgives her and Angel learns true love. The story is now a movie pitched as a Christian film, though it contains nudity and lengthy sex scenes. Do not be entertained by sin Christ gave his life to redeem you from. The Bible says, flee from sexual immorality. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body, even in what you set before your eyes. Redeeming love is a perversion of scripture and of people. Call out to the Lord, Psalm 4426. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love when we understand the text. The. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something profound at the end of that. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Just a buh. Oh, yeah. It, you, you, mm, yeah. It was a really, really popular book. I remember when it was so popular. Yeah. I read it this year. Mm-hmm. And I read it because I was wondering how scandalous is it exactly with, with the description of certain scenes and whatever. It really was not descriptive at all. Right. So what I found out was that Francine Rivers had written a previous version of that that was like a romance book. Oh. Like, like a smut book. Oh, wow. And it had some of those scenes that were described in there. Oh, so they took the original and made a movie off of it. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I think they made a movie. Not mo- the original, original from the Bible. I was trying to, yeah, I was like. The original one she wrote. I was like, which one were you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, of course, the sex scenes that are in the movie are much more descriptive or, or much more detailed mm-hmm. than what is in the book. Now, I did not watch the film. Mm-hmm. I know what's in the movie because you can go to imdb.com yeah. and you can look at the content that's in the film and you know exactly what's happening in those scenes. Right. Uh, I've also seen some of the images just doing the image searches for that video. And you have still images of stuff that's in the video or, or in the movie. Rather. I mean, this is two actors, an actor and an actress doing things with one another that only a married couple should do this that you're witnessing on the screen you're becoming a participant in when you're entertained by it. Yeah. Christians are to have nothing to do with this. Anyway, going back to the book. So Francine Rivers had uh, had originally written a book, that, taken the story of Hosea to write a romance novel out of it. Mommy porn is the way that that, uh, that genre of books will get described. Okay. Get what I mean? Yep. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, but the the book was controversial <laughs> because she's taking a Bible story and she's including sex scenes in the book. Yeah. So she republished the book, taking those scenes out. Uh. So what I read was the next edition of it. It was not right. a first edition, nor did I go trying to find a first edition. I was just curious to see how descriptive the scenes were in the book. Now, let me say this about the book. It is really terribly written. <laughs> it is so bad. I uh, The only reason it was as popular as it is is because it's a Bible story that's made into a romance. Right. That's the only reason it was that popular. The writing is bad. Yeah. I did not. I was not even remotely impressed with any of it. Yeah. There was there. I'm sure she took a lot of um, liberties. Oh, she like took ex- plenty of liberties. Oh, yeah. Expanding a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Hosea's not that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is, but there's a lot of prophecy in it. Ah, there you go. So there's not a lot of narrative. Yeah, yeah. There, right. There's not a lot of storyline in Hosea. That's that's definitely the case. <laughs> yeah, took a lot of liberties with it. Because like I said, the only similarity it shares with the book of the Bible is that the guy's last name is Hosea, and he marries a prostitute. Yeah. There's, that's the only similarities there are. The whole thing of him, like, I hear God telling me I'm supposed to marry this prostitute. Yeah. You know, that that's definitely the whole, you know, charismatic. Oh, yeah. The Lord says things to me. Whatever thoughts come into my mind are from God because I'm a Christian. Right. You know, so God is speaking to me. But that was uh, that was redeeming love. Never mind being discerning, you know. Yeah. And I saw Christians online on social media. Talking about, hey, we're getting a, a viewing party together. We're going to go see this movie in theaters. Let's all go together and see I, it. You know, I've, I've, uh, there are movies that I've seen in the past that I'm like excited to go watch, and then I regret watching it again. And I think it's because <laughs> TBS had cut out so many, or you know, whatever that <laughs> whatever network they were network on. it was, yeah. they cut out so many of the scenes that I do not remember that part. So I'm sure it was one of those things where they were going expecting a Christian film and then hiding in their seats. <laughs> I hope, anyway. Yeah. Or up and leaving. We as Christians should not be entertained by those sins for which Christ died. The redeeming love that we have is in Christ Jesus. Oh, amen. And don't be entertained by all this. And this is not the only quote unquote Bible story put to screen. Oh, yeah. That was made into a what video in 2022. We've got another one on this list coming up. Oh, goodness. But this next one is about a certain book, one uh, another very popular Christian book. Okay. But something about this author that you may not know. Hmm. So this is the number six most popular what video from last year. The Jesus Storybook Bible is a very popular book for teaching kids about the Bible. It was written by Sally Lloyd-Jones, no relation to Martin Lloyd-Jones, but do not think this is a Bible. Jones writes in her words, not God's word, and her words are dripping with sentimentalism, not scripture. For example, when God created man and woman, the book says, Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind in the trees, the wonderful song of love to the one who made them. Can you sing with all the voices? 
In her version of the Bible, Joan seems to think that sin is forgetting that God loves you. She makes no mention of judgment and therefore no gospel. Without discernment, the Jesus Storybook Bible could lead to a wrong understanding of what the true Bible says. Furthermore, Sally Lloyd-Jones has included homosexuality in her children's books. She proudly admitted that in her book, Goldfish on Vacation, she depicted a family with two homosexual men. This is not a woman who is contrite in spirit and trembles at God's word, Isaiah 66.2. So how should you teach your children the Bible? Well, open the Bible and read it to them, then explain to them what you read. You'll need to do your own study, maybe plan out lessons, pick verses for your kids to memorize. You don't need a published Bible study. Just use your Bible. As it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, even kids, when we understand the text. And they pick up on so much more. Yeah, they do. Than what you think they do will. Right. Uh, don't don't just, think your kids are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they can learn the Bible. Yep. And you just have to be a paragraph or a chapter ahead of them. That's it. Yeah. Just, so you can learn right, right along with them. Read the book uh, ahead of time. You know, if you're teaching your kids through First Samuel, read First Samuel. Of course. Yeah, but, but then, I'm saying like whenever you're studying it and you're trying to explain it to them, right? you just have to be a little bit ahead of them in order to figure out what to tell them. Right. So you don't have to have the whole thing memorized. With the questions they're going to ask. Right. Yeah, I remember Annie, was she four when she came to me and said, why did Pharaoh keep the Israelites enslaved even after all these plagues that God kept afflicting Egypt with. Now, she didn't use the word afflicting. She didn't use those words, but yeah, she did ask that question. But that was the question. And I just, I told her, I kept telling her because Pharaoh's heart was hard. Mm -hmm. And she said, but why? Yep. And kept pushing me until I told her because God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. And in Romans 9, it says, for this purpose, I have raised you up. Yeah. In order to demonstrate my power in you and in order that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. And once I gave her God's sovereignty over that whole situation, that God shows mercy to some, he he has compassion on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Mm -hmm. Once I showed her that, she accepted it. She was like, okay. And then it made sense to her. My four-year-old. Yeah. You can teach difficult theological concepts to your kids, and they will get it. They will. Yep. You just have to be brave enough to do it. <laughs> yeah. You've got to learn them. Yep. And then you can teach it to your children. That's right. And your children will get it. She's a little out there. Yeah. You, you're talking about uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, I cheated. <laughs> I cheated with that one a little bit. You cheated? Because that video was not made in 2022. Oh. It was published in 2021. Ah. But it was the last day of the year. Oh, okay. And it did not make my list in 2021. Interesting. So it's on this particular list. Fair enough. (laughs) I don't think that's really cheating. Now, the year before, there was a video. I did the same thing. It was in the last week of the year. I published the video from the Bible Project Mm -hmm. on what they teach about hell. Well, that turned out to be, I think, my most watched video of that year. But since it was at the end of the year, it didn't have the views to make it to the top 10. Mm. So that one also wasn't included in my top 10. So I'm getting now where I, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm tracking those videos that I add at the end of the year to make sure they they end up in the list. Right. (laughs) So the Jesus Storybook Bible was actually the end of 2021. But since it didn't make that list, 
it makes it in this one. It qualifies. There you go. All right, babe. This is the one you're going to love the most. Oh, awesome. Are you ready? No. (laughs) (laughs) Here is, we're halfway through. We've been through five videos. Right. Here is the number five video of 2022. Beth Moore has written Bible studies with her daughter, Melissa, including studies on Galatians and Philippians. Come along with Melissa and me in this four-week, five-session study of the book of Philippians. Warnings have been given about Beth in previous videos. Here's what you need to know about Melissa. On social media, Melissa said she is praying the patriarchy burns to the ground when the Bible says the husband is head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. She is egalitarian like her mother, believing women should teach and have authority over men, contrary to what God has said in his word. Melissa celebrated without reservation the first woman vice president, Kamala Harris, one of the most pro-abortion politicians in American history. Kamala flaunts homosexual pride and has performed same-sex wedding ceremonies. Jesus said, I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, repent of her deeds. Melissa shared Michelle Obama's praise of Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, who said before the world she did not know what a woman is. Melissa also shared author D.L. Mayfield's criticism of Christians calling us absolutely horrific when the state of Texas said they would prosecute parents who abuse their children, attempting to transform them into the opposite sex. Is Melissa of the worldview that parents should be at liberty to mutilate their child's sexual organs as if they could turn boys into girls and girls into boys? Beth and Melissa Moore were asked about this months before making this video. Melissa responded by blocking, and no response came from Living Proof Ministries. Brothers and sisters, this is wicked. The Apostle Paul warned about teachers such as these, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, who capture weak women and are always learning, yet never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Follow Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness when we understand the text. Now, if I had done that video in 2015, Mm -hmm. that would have exploded. Yes. That would have blown up. Yes. Beth Moore's daughter, whom she writes Bible studies with, Mm -hmm. is endorsing a leftist who is saying that Parents should be able to transition their children from boys into girls. Uh And Melissa Moore is endorsing that. Right. But that was not a story at all. You don't see that published anywhere in any publication in 2022. Even though I made that video, it largely went ignored Hmm. that this is the position of Melissa Moore, that she actually thinks parents should be allowed to transition their sons into daughters or their daughters into sons is incredibly evil. And she's co-writing Beth Moore Bible studies. The Bible studies that you're reading now from Beth Moore, and there's been several, uh, a book that she did on James, the most recent one she did on Galatians. Mm. And what did I, what else did I say in there? Philippians or something? I can't remember. So the not other. just the help, fel- the, the self-help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tongue. tongue yeah. The, the other books that Beth does, these right. are specifically her Bible studies. Wow. Melissa Moore is an employee with Living Proof Ministries, co-writes these studies, and does these seminars with Beth. Now, of course, you didn't see the video since you're just listening to the audio mm-hmm. there. But with the uh, with the introduction, I, I show clips from that video where Beth is selling her study that uh-huh. she did with Melissa. And, and it's just... <laughs> 
It's really bizarre. It's very creepy looking. Somebody contacted me and said I was a weirdo for posting those clips of Beth. I was like, it's her video. (laughs) (laughs) That was the way she was selling her own study was with those clips. They are weird looking. That's why I use them. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're they're just really awkward. Don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yeah. You're you're gonna start to see this more and more and more. No pun intended. I was gonna say that. Yeah, but with but with the uh, with the acceptance of LGBTQism, with mm. Biden having and no pushback. Yeah, and right, you're not seeing our evangelical leaders making any kind of stand on this at all. And when I say evangelical leaders, I'm talking about the faces that are usually out front when you think of popular Christianity. Mm-hmm. People like Joel Osteen, Beth Moore, yeah. uh, any contemporary Christian music artists. This is the issue of our age, and yeah. and none of them are coming forward and saying marriage is between a man and a woman, people. And it's a most basic relationship that and, God has created from the beginning of time. And then protect your children. Right. Protect your children from this wickedness. No, they're outright of the mindset that, hey, if your son wants to become a daughter, you help him out. Uh, her out. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Wrong pronouns. Yikes. Beth would be more outspoken about this, like like she would be full on LGBTQism <laughs> if it was expedient, ah. if it was going to be profitable at this juncture. Mm-hmm. So just give it time and the fruit that this tree is bearing is going to become more apparent eh. unless she repents. Of course, I would I would desire that oh, they would just repent. Wonderful. Yeah. But we've got one more video like that one yet to come Ugh. on this list. So here's number four. This was the fourth most popular video from last year. All right. Seventh-day Adventists say that worship should be on Saturday, not on Sunday, hence the name Seventh-day Advent. Their leading prophet, Ellen G. White, said that to worship on Sunday is to worship the beast. Seventh-day Adventism began in the 1800s out of the failed Millerite movement after William Miller made a bunch of false prophecies about the return of Christ. James and Ellen G. White became the most prominent leaders, claiming to receive special revelation from God. But like Miller, Ellen White also made false predictions about Christ's return. Adventists deny the existence of the soul, which also warps their doctrines about humanity, Christ, salvation, and hell, claiming that God would never send a person to hell. Adventists deny that people are born sinners but only that they have sinful tendencies. Ellen White said that Jesus came to our world not to reveal what a God could do, but what a man could do. She also taught that Jesus did not atone for sins by his death on the cross, but that there is a final atonement coming later. So according to Seventh-day Adventists, your sins are not forgiven when you come to faith and you have no assurance of salvation. But the Bible says to followers of Jesus, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Jesus warned that false Christs and false prophets would arise so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Beware of Seventh-day Adventists, a false church with a false gospel, when we understand the text. Okay, so they give a little, but then they take it back. And then they give a little and they take it back. And they give a little and they take it back. And then... If you're not confused enough, they say that you have um, sinful tendencies. Yeah, sinful tendencies. But 
you worship the beast if you worship on Sunday. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. It's it's a give a little, take it back. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so confused. Like, just just make up your mind. <laughs> now, that really is, I mean, it's a huge doctrine for the Seventh-day Adventists, the concept of worshiping on Saturday. Like, well, like, it is their pinnacle doctrine. Well, it's their name. So, yeah. Well, even to the point that at the final judgment, you will be judged based on whether you worshiped on Saturday or not. But you don't have a soul. Like it will start with that. But like, yeah, well, you won't go to hell. Well, yeah, so it's so an, what is it? It's I'm annihilation. So it's annihilationism. Oh, so you'll be annihilated. Okay. Nobody's going to hell for like eternal torment. Right. You just, you just cease to exist. Okay. But honestly, it's like okay, so what? And you know, <laughs> I don't know that I did anything bad because I just don't exist anymore right I mean, it's basically it's not universalism because it's not everybody goes to heaven right okay but it's also no one goes to hell no one is actually punished for their sins or right. for their consequences So they don't believe the bible at all well of course yeah they just believe whatever ellen g white said about the bible oh it's one of those now ellen will say that scripture is the book that is above all like, like it is, it is fully authoritative. We're all submissive to God's word, right? They give a little and then take it back. But then it's only what oh she has goodness. said about the Bible, not really what the Bible says. Oh. Now, I have equated Seventh-day Adventism to Catholicism in this sense, that there is enough gospel there that you could hear the gospel in a Seventh-day Adventist church and come to Christ. But you can't stay there. But you can't stay there. If you're truly growing in an understanding of God's word, you'll recognize that yeah. what they teach and what the Bible says don't line up. Mm -hmm. And so one who is growing in a knowledge of God will eventually leave the Seventh-day Adventist church. Right. Same with Roman Catholicism. There's enough gospel there. A person can come to faith in Christ in a Catholic church. Mm -hmm. But if you're growing in an understanding of what the Catholics teach and what the Bible says, there's, there's no way I can continue as a Catholic yeah. And continue to believe the Bible. And so a Catholic will eventually leave the Catholic Church and not be a Catholic anymore. Yes. So it is with Seventh-day Adventism. And incidentally, I, I was amazed by how little pushback I got from that video. Hmm. I didn't get I don't think I got a single angry email. Wow. I got a few like angry DM comments on social media or something like that. But I don't, I don't think there was one angry email about that video. It was a former Seventh-day Adventist that helped me write it. Oh, wow. And he got credit on the video, too. You can see his name in the, Praise uh, the Lord. subtext. So, yeah. He was saved from that. Now, he was pushing me on that a long time ago. Was he? Yes, he was. <laughs> it's it's really been years. So he was patient with me before I finally Aww. got around to writing that script and doing that video. So all of you guys that have questioned him for, you know, do this video, do this video, keep on it. It'll it's happen good. eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, like with the Jesus Storybook Bible and the Sally Lloyd Jones thing, yeah, um, there was uh, it, there was a tweet that I did exposing her back in like 2019 or 2018. Oh wow! And it was the fact that came into the video about that uh, she had included a gay couple in. Oh, it was that long. One of ago. her children's books. It was that long ago. Hmm. And when I did that tweet, it got screenshotted and shared on Facebook. It went viral. Okay, but I never did do a video on it. Got it. So, yeah, e even with my own stuff, it takes a few years it does. <laughs> before I finally get the video done. <laughs> now, this next video is technically not mine. Ah, the number three video of the year is something someone else said. Here is Alistair Begg. Ah. Mm -hmm. 
If you were to die today and found yourself standing before God, and He were to say to you, Why should I let you into heaven? How would you answer? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I, because I believed, because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person, because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. What an immense, I I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you 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 were cussing the guy out with your friend. You'd never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and, yet, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because like, I don't know. Well, you know, we, uh, uh, did Excuse me, let me get my supervisor. Think I'll get the supervisor ranger. So, we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you are you are you are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? The guy said, "I've never heard of it in my life." And and what about? Let's just go to the doctrine of Scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, "On on what basis are you here?" And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. <laughs> now, now, that's the, that is the only answer. That is the only answer. Chokes me up every time I hear it. Oh, yes. What a great message from Alistair Begg. And honestly, if I had done that video when I first heard him say that when I first heard that sermon, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been way earlier and it would have been much more popular. Oh, yeah. Because I heard it quite some time ago. It was not this year that I heard that clip. It was at least last year. It could have been 2020. I don't remember. But it had already gone viral online and everybody had already circulated it by the time I grabbed it. And I wanted to give it a little more context. Yeah. So I added the intro at the beginning on, okay, you get asked this question, what's your answer going to be? Mm-hmm. And then the clip from Alistair Begg. Anyway, that's uh, that was the number three video of the year. That's amazing. Okay, now here is number two. We're going to jump right into number two here. Okay. Top two videos of 2022. Uh, I, you have me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> the Chosen is a TV series that is supposed to be about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ through the eyes of the people who met him. It is said that the stories come straight from the Gospels. But no, the stories embellish on and change the Gospel accounts. To give a few examples, when Jesus speaks the Beatitudes for the first time, it's not in the Sermon on the Mount to the crowds in Galilee as in Matthew 5-7. through He literally tells Matthew to write them down. He later tells Matthew, I'm here to start a revolution. Jesus never said that. He said he came to give his life as a ransom for many. When Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well, she says, you're a prophet and you're to preach at me. 
He says no, but yes, that's exactly why he was there. He preached to her whole town. He said in Mark 1.38 that he came to preach. There are few scenes in The Chosen that are anything like the Bible. When The Chosen released their trailer for season three, there was a scene where Jesus says, I am the law of Moses. That's not in the Bible, but many pointed out it is in the Book of Mormon. By the way, Mormons produce this show. Writer and director Dallas Jenkins got online to say, Of course, I'm not quoting from the Book of Mormon. I've never read the Book of Mormon. But the point still stands that when you go beyond what is written, the results are not of God. Paul rebuked the Corinthians in this way. If one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we did not preach, you bear this beautifully. Do not settle for counterfeits when we understand the text. The passage that I had in there where I said, if you go beyond what is written, the results are not of God. Right. What we have in 1 Corinthians 4, 6. Now, these things, brothers, I've applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, so that in us you may learn not to go beyond what is written, so that no one of you will become puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Mm. So when you go beyond what's written in Scripture, what's the result? You get arrogant. That's right. And prideful. There's conflict. There's disunity. There's division. Yeah. And that's what the chosen is causing. You mm. don't see good conversations online. Oh, how how great the chosen was, you know, and all this kind of thing. This episode was so wonderful. You don't see people interacting that way. You see people fighting and arguing over whether Jesus actually would have said or done this. Ah, uh, yeah. The writers of this show are putting words in Jesus' mouth that he never said. Yeah. And so it's, it's <laughs> I want to say it's commentary on the Bible, but it's not even really that. No. And when people are not reading their Bibles, but they're watching The Chosen, they will associate words of Christ that he never actually said. Right. And that's really dangerous because that's how people start believing in things and... I don't know. It's just, yeah, all these myths get yes. thrown into Christ that he never actually said or did. I don't like it whenever I get frustrated with something and then nothing comes out of my brain. It all just <laughs> swirls up there over around and around and around again. Well, the reason The Chosen is so popular is because for too many professing Christians, Scripture is not sufficient. Yes. The Bible's not good enough, yes. so I need something else. And by the way, that was exactly what Sarah Young said when she wrote Jesus Calling. Right. Which is a devotional book in the first person from the words of Christ. And Sarah said that she sat there with pen and paper in hand and asked God to give her words. And the words that she wrote down were the words that Jesus put in her mind to say. And again, it's in the first person perspective of Christ. Mm -hmm. So she's writing the words of Christ. Right. And she will say... Which means she's adding to the Bible. Right. There's no other way to take that. Right. Even though she says, no, Scripture is still authoritative. I'm not writing Scripture. She can say that. but So then God's not really speaking to you. Either he's speaking to you or he's not. Right. If he's speaking to you and you're writing it down, you're writing the Bible. Right. <laughs> but, of course, God is not really speaking to her. But when you read in the introduction to Jesus Calling, she outright says... That prayer and Bible study were not enough for her anymore. Yeah. She needed another way to get close to God. This is the means that God has given to us, Bible study and prayer. Mm -hmm. And if that's not enough, then you're telling God, what you have for me just isn't good enough. I need something else. Right. And you will turn to your own ways and your own devices. And that's what the chosen is. 
And that's not to mention the fact, like I said in the video, it's produced by Mormons. A lot of people push back at me on that and said, oh, you're, you're spreading lies. It's not produced by Mormons. Yes, it is, folks. The president of the show is a Mormon. Mm. Executive producers on the show are Mormons. Yeah. It's filmed on a Mormon ground that the Mormons built this city, this town, to look like Bible times. That's where and it's filmed. From what I know about Mormons, they don't share very well with unMormons. People who are not Mormons. If they knew that this show was being made that would contradict Mormonism in any way, they wouldn't be partners with it. Yeah. that I mean, that's what I've gathered. And yeah. not only that, but the guy who plays Jesus is a Catholic. And I see ads on social media all the time with that guy pushing Catholic Bible studies. Oh, wow. The stuff that is coming from the chosen is leading people into error. Mm-hmm. It is not a good show. Don't support it. Don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Now I'm really worked up. And here we go with it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get to it. Last one. Last one. Last video of the year. Now, this oh. this was also the last video I made in 2022. What? It was on December the 30th. And it went really fast on popularity, oh. so much so that it passed The Chosen. I didn't think anything was going to pass The Chosen. I thought the video that I did on The Chosen was going to be my most popular video of the wow. year. Wow. This one, the views oh. passed even The I Chosen. Don't, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> this, this one's going to be a doozy, I'm afraid. <laughs> and this was another one I sat on. This was, this was one that I had in mind years ago. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the stuff that I mentioned in this video had already come to light. But it was because of a certain news item that happened in December of 2022, and you'll pick up on it. Ah. You know exactly what finally inspired me to make this video. Here's the number one most watched what video of last year. In December of 22, the White House awarded Amy Grant for her artistic achievements, the first time an artist in contemporary Christian music received such an honor. A few days later, Grant made headlines again because she was hosting her niece's same-sex wedding, and suddenly it made sense how she got her award. For years, Grant has supported the gay pride movement. A growing number of CCM artists are doing the same. Reliant K brought on tour a foul-mouthed artist who goes by similar and claims to be queer. Dan Hasseltine of Jars of Clay, John Foreman of Switchfoot, and Kevin Max of DC Talk are gay-affirming. Similar comments have been made by Lecrae, Andy Minio, and Kirk Franklin. You might remember Lauren Daigle's I Don't Know response when asked if homosexuality is sin. Members of Mercy Me and Elevation Worship have also given ambiguous answers. A church co-founded by David Crowder is now doing gay weddings. Dolly Parton and Carrie Underwood have won Dove Awards from the Gospel Music Association, though they openly support the Gay and Lesbian Alliance. Jennifer Knapp, Ray Boltz, Vicki Beeching, and Trey Pearson of Everyday Sunday say they're LGBTQ, and there will be more. Professing Christians who lust for sex, money, and the world's approval will show what they truly worship. Romans 132 says, Although they know the righteous requirement of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but give hearty approval to those who practice them. Beware this movement of apostasy by holding fast to Jesus Christ when we understand the text. So what you're saying is that to be in a spot of popularity like that popular Hmm. is really, really tough to not succumb to the world. Pretty much. Yeah. Seems to be the case. So those who are standing on the word who are very popular 
they need prayer to yeah. stay there. Right. To stay true to the word. Stay true to the word. Now, now with a lot of Christian artists that are out there, if you were to get into a one-on-one conversation with them and ask them what their views of marriage are, they'll probably give you an answer that's biblical. Mm-hmm. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. God made them male and female. Genesis right. one twenty-seven. What God has joined together, let man not separate. Matthew nineteen six yeah. from Jesus. You know, they will give you a a biblical answer as to what marriage is, but they're not making any kind of public stand about it. Or if they're asked questions about it, they give a very ambiguous answer. So you can't tell whether they're actually for the culture or for God's word. Yeah. Which side of this are you are you standing on? Right. So that's cowardly. Yeah. And they're going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account for that. Right. But this is this is Christian music, and I've known that this was the case for a long time. A uh, few people contacted me after that video and said, what are your sources on this? Like, how can you say that Dan Hasseltine and John Foreman and Kevin Max are LGBTQ affirming? Folks, Google their name and type in gay marriage, and you will find it. Hmm. You will find their comments. So you can type in any artist's name and type in LGBTQ or gay marriage or something like that, and you will find what they have said about it. Some wow. of some of them have outright said that they are LGBTQ allies, like Carrie Underwood, Dolly Parton, other artists that I named. And then there are others that just him haw around it. They won't give yeah. you a straight answer. Well, that, <laughs> no I mean, pun intended on that one either. <laughs> a few years ago, I mean, that was the thing to do was not give a, a direct answer. Yeah. And so, but this is so so basic. It's so basic. It was so irritating because it was basic. And it's like, um, the Bible's clear about it. Are you for the Bible or are you not? You know, like for Jesus or not? So it was very concerning a few years ago. And now it's like, okay. Yeah, now we know. And th- and because people won't give a straight answer on this, because the influencers and the leaders in evangelicalism and contemporary Christian music or whatever, because they won't give direct, bold truth when asked these kinds of questions, even the fact that they are timid about stating exactly what the Bible says mm-hmm. is going to lead people into error. It is. Yeah. It's going to make them think this is really not that big a deal. Right. Maybe this isn't sin and I can dabble in. It's just who I am. Right. And you'll hear the culture say, well, I was born this way. Jesus said, you must be born again. Yes. You Very must true. be transformed. No longer walking in sin, but walking in newness of life that we've been given by faith in Jesus Christ. Pray for this next generation. Pray for when we understand the text that we would continue to hold fast oh, to the amen. truth. amen. Definitely. And continue to speak it boldly even in the midst of this generation. Well, thank you for subscribing to the channel. Thanks for following us on the podcast. Yes. Please let your friends know about it. We are already into videos in 2023 mm-hmm. and hope to be able to make many much more as uh, as God provides me the time to be able to do that. <laughs> This this year, 2022, this past year, I did the fewest number of videos than I've ever done. Hmm. And we actually, our viewership dropped by like 30%. Oh, wow. So uh, hopefully I can stay consistent this year and we'll keep doing I like doing them. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of finding the time, time. to do it. Yeah. yeah. But thank you for doing it with me, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> this year in 2023, God willing, as, as long as we're able to continue doing this, we will hit episode 2000. Ooh. This coming spring, we'll have 2,000 episodes of the podcast, and then we'll be able to say, we've done thousands of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) 
because we'll be plural at that point. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> let's finish with prayer. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy on us. Thank you for forgiving us our sins, forgiving us Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, so that all who believe in him will have everlasting life. The wrath of God has been satisfied, and we now have fellowship with God through Christ. We've been adopted into the family of God, and we can be called the sons and daughters of God. May we walk as your children in this world, walking as children of light, not as children of darkness, but instead exposing those things that are sinful and wicked so we know the difference between right and wrong. We know the right way to go and to stay away from the wrong path. Give us boldness and courage in these days to speak the word of Christ, to not just stand on these particular issues that are so basic, but we speak the gospel, for it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves knowing he who died and was risen again, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, who is returning to judge the living and the dead, and whoever believes in him will live forever in his eternal kingdom. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen.